Another day in America, another mass shooting. Something to, uh, it's a very complicated, like most human problems. This is, uh, heavy hearts go out to everyone involved in the Buffalo area. Uh, geez, yeah, you know, let's, uh, kind of dig into this a little bit. Yo, what's up? It's Nihan Arav Krishna, host of the Nihan Arav Show. You're now tuning into TBD Podcasting Network. Shout out to Eddie. He brings positivity to the table. He brings knowledge, always. And he's a good host. Nice show, nice structure, nice vibes. As always, peace, love, and light. Y'all check him out. Yeah, 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 yeah. feel like it's important to probably let you know up front that my particular ideologies surround libertarianism, which is limited government on the people. Obviously, that requires almost an anarchy approach, meaning that everybody is entitled to do what they want without the um, without hurting other people and without hurting other people's property or their persons. Now, this is a, to me, it's kind of a, almost a utopian belief. (laughs) I get told that a lot, like about certain things that I believe in. Um, If you ever heard of the Venus Project, or you've ever heard of, uh, well, shit, socialism, like, you know, anything on paper always looks legit. Like you can, you can look at it from that standpoint and be like, oh yeah, that should work. And then you throw humans in the mix And obviously, nothing works, which is kind of some of the information I'm about to get into. So, again, being a libertarian, I am a pro-Second Amendment person. I believe in the rights of civilians to carry firearms. Being a libertarian means that I am a pro-Second Amendment person. believe in the ability of people to support themselves, their, their property, defend their property, defend themselves, and defend, you know, I guess people in, in... as a whole, you know, good people, obviously. When you have the ability for anyone to be able to purchase said firearms, I've had discussed this on this episode in multiple multiple different perspectives, can't expect people that are not of sound mind to not also be able to support themselves and their ideologies. So that's kind of the difficulty of the the human aspect of it so i was just kind of looking um for 2020 obviously they talked about a lot of the gun violence increasing you know more people are dying from gun violence but what they don't tell you is 54 percent of those deaths are actually caused by suicide so yes gun deaths by firearms have increased but 54 percent of that is a suicide so it's a mental health issue it's a huge mental health issue it's a mental health breakdown this was in um pew research the article you can find in the show notes if you're wanted to kind of just go back pew research is often idealized as people saying it's left wing but it's pretty solid data i think the way that they might navigate some of it and i'll get to that here in a second so we are we have increased in over the past five years with deaths 
um, per 100,000. So 13.6 deaths per 100,000 in 2020. But the highest was in 1974 when we were sitting at 16.3. Obviously, this is a national average. It's not broken down based on dynamics and other things in that nature. So one of the other parts that I was um, looking at when I broke it down by state is it shows basically in there, it says that uh, pretty much states with a lower or higher gun laws or stricter laws have lower deaths per 100,000 than other states. So New York has 5.3 per 100,000 and Wyoming had 25 per 100,000. So again, this is where I was talking about when you got to look at these numbers and you got to look at statistically speaking, right? So the the overall way that they're gauging these numbers is based on the number of people that are in the state. So if you have more people in a state and you have more people dying in said state from gun 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 shots or whatever, then you have a lower number, right? So another example of that was in California. They had uh, a 5.6 per 100,000, whereas Wisconsin had a 5.3 per 100,000. But California had 2,203 murders caused by firearms. And Wisconsin had 308. So you get what I'm saying? And California was a 5.6. Wisconsin was 5.3 per 100,000. So it's... it's, And then, uh, oh, Alaska. Alaska was a funny one. So Alaska actually has a higher uh, death rate per firearms... Remember, Californians was 5.6 per 100,000. So Alaska has a 6.7 per 100,000. Can you guess how many deaths that is? Give you a second. How many, how many deaths did they have from firearms in Alaska? 39. 39, and they have a higher murder rate in Alaska than they do in California. You get, you get where I'm going with, with these numbers? So it's it's important to understand when people start talking about people dying from guns. And in no way am I advocating that our system isn't screwed up. No way. And that's why I'm going to get into that next. And I really do hate the fact that, you know, the culture war has driven us in a particular fashion that... If you are pro-Second Amendment, therefore, you are not somebody who can advocate for common sense and structure, right? Like, for some reason, you know, I'm pro-Second Amendment, but I'll get people calling me out because I'm telling people that I do agree with common sense reform. Like, but I agree with <laughs> common sense reform with immigration, agree with common sense reform with taxes, I agree with common sense reform with just about everything. But since it doesn't fit within the culture war dynamic, kind of falls on deaf ears most of the time. So we have laws in place that for whatever reason, our power structure, um, the FBI or NSA, whoever you want to look at for who is supposed to watch these kind of things, they, they've failed. So there's a show note in the notes 
um, that's for breaking points that covers this uh, this a little bit, this topic, the shooter. And they also talk about the multiple failures of the FBI. So if you go back to most of the mass shootings, there are multiple times where the FBI was informed and they dropped the ball. They dropped the ball several times through the background process. These people were able to purchase firearms. So this guy, apparently, he was actually um, reported for threatening to do a school shooting. And they took him in observations for over a day. And apparently, like, we'll, we'll see what happens. But odds are he's probably going to... I bet you his guns were bought legally. Because this is the failure of the system. I believe... And this is, <laughs> if you're a comic book person, with great power comes great responsibility. You want to know one of the greatest powers in the world in being an American is your fucking freedom, your liberty, your ability to do what you want, obviously within reason because we have laws, but to do what you want and then have the responsibility to acknowledge that is in fact a responsibility, right? Like, it's it's just, it's crazy, because you got to understand from, and this is, this is another problem, another human problem, as you get into looking at these laws, these laws should work, but there's no accountability and no enforcement for them, but then if people start to enforce them, they start to tell you that these are because these are infringing on your Second Amendment rights. Is it, though? Like... Who are we defending at this point? Like, <laughs> you know, like, I don't understand what it is that, that people want to, what are you protecting? Because obviously it's not the lives of the citizens in this world or in our state, in our country. So one of the things that um, they were talking about was people that go through the military um, to keep their lives private, they wouldn't, the military wouldn't disclose their domestic violences and uh, domestic disturbances. And that's where a lot of some of these loopholes were coming in for their background check. Um, they go into it in more detail on breaking points. Uh, definitely check, check it out. Uh, the, the craziness about the, the racism aspect of it like I, I this guy is part of the uh he said he he believed in the great replacement theory or something like that and it's kind of funny thinking about that because i i think about that a lot from when i was a kid because i used to know a lot of I had a, we moved from kind of a more urban area we moved more into the suburbs moving into the suburbs i think that's where i counted a lot more racism um or at least more openly racist people uh, and obviously these were through the kids, you know, it wasn't like, you know, it wasn't like the, uh, parents were coming out and it, it you know, thankfully, I guess in, in that regard, you know, I've got the, uh, the privilege of having some more olive complected skin. So when it, <laughs> when it needed to be, I could pass as a, as a white person and be accepted by people, I guess, in that weird regard. But the idea that, especially white people, great replacement theory, like this theory talks about Jewish people replacing white people, like white people are in fact Jewish, 
right? Like, <laughs> maybe not, not all of them, obviously, right? Just like there's different types of black people, there's different types of Mexicans. Their their skin color doesn't define your nationality nor your ethnicity. This is not, you know, your your genetics will define your ethnicity and your and your mel- uh, <laughs> melanin in your skin, right? This is called a phenotype, right? It's a phenotype is a genetic difference between the same species due to environmental causes, right? So if you look at the equator and you look at the number of darker complected people, where are they at? Where did they start from, right? Real simple. We're all the same damn people. We're the same people. But we want to go and tell people that we're replaced. People want to assume they're getting replaced. What are you getting? What's getting replaced? Your country music? Your, <laughs> your, your, your way of living? Like this dude was an 18 year old. Who knows what, you know, I'm sure it'll, more information will come out, but. Oh man. I just, I, I don't understand. I don't get it. And then, you know, being a second amendment person, I got to try to defend that. I got to defend that that this idiot wanted to go out and and somehow was able to get a gun so he can go fill out his fucking manifesto. You know? That's a, that's the problem with this is cuz I can't advocate for more gun laws because I don't trust the government. I don't feel like the government, as you can see, there are multiple failures through the FBI. Who is going to defend us if we gave away our guns? The FBI? They obviously can't do anything. Or have failed to or refused to or who knows. If you go into the conspiracy theories, you'll see there's always multiple reasons on, on these mass shooters. <clears throat> Excuse me, mass shooters. Uh, it's frustrating. It really is. You know, being a person that advocates for, you know, for liberty and freedom and, and, and the Constitution and then seeing just absolute ridiculousness like this. And then also to not understand that, like, these things happen in in areas of where where they, they kind of know people are defenseless. So the, the, the argument then comes into play, does the g- g- gunman, the good guy with the gun theory, come into to play? I don't necessarily know if I agree with that. I saw a post from um, Jurassic 5, a hip-hop group that I've been a fan of for years, but they were kind of talking about, you know, they grew up, he said, you know, I grew up in the hood and everybody had, you know, automatic weapons around them. Um, I don't know if he said automatic, but he grew up, it was a somewhere, in, I want to say towards L.A., but um, I'm pretty sure as a kill, he's pretty active on there. But anyway, he said that he grew up with weapons always around him, but they knew that was part of the, the culture, right? If you had a beef with somebody, you knew the rules, you knew the, the laws of engagement. And I always tell people this, where I grew up, you didn't, I never, I didn't grow up around guns. I grew up in the city. And if somebody did have a gun, it was because they were either A, intending to do a drive-by or B, trying to intimidate somebody with the Crips and the Bloods. You know, I graduated 96-ish, or at least that's why I would have graduated if I didn't drop out and get my GED. So these are people that, that there's, there's a, and we didn't have like school shootings. Now, people might shoot up like in the driveway. I don't remember ever having an issue actually at the school that I can recall.
And, you know, he was saying that he's scared for his family because it's like these people were at a grocery store. You know, they were just <laughs> buying groceries. And this guy had the the plan and the the nerve to try to get himself famous. And even if I knew the dude's name, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, like I said, it'll be on the news sure enough anyway. But it's just, it's just crazy, you know. And they were saying on uh, Breaking Points that he copied the, he pretty much copied the manifesto from the stupid guy that uh, shot up those mosques. I don't know. If you if you're somebody that sides with that, I had somebody share that video to me, like I would enjoy it or something. I don't know. I don't I don't like violence. I don't uh, I don't believe in violence unless it's in the form of self defense. That is a path I chose. It's a path I I try to keep. The fact that people feel like this is the appropriate response is what's completely detrimental and damaging to the overall viewpoint of the great experiment that is America. We cannot have a country of liberty, freedom, and the pursuit of happiness if we want to hurt each other. Because if you are looking to assault or hurt or damage others in a way that requires the strong arm of the law and requires basically the state and government control, if you don't have that, then the great experiment dies. Freedom and liberty dies. So what, where, where are we willing to negotiate our understanding to be able to help one another. And what are we willing to, I mean, we gotta, we gotta come to the table with something like um, when me and Rich were, were discussing, we we're both second amendment guys. He's more right wing than I am. Or I wouldn't even say right wing. He's more conservative than I am. And it's, it's, but he's, he's conservative in fiscal points rather than social points. And uh, he, he actually had talked about it. We, we both agreed that there should be some kind of level of understanding, level of an education to be able to buy a firearm. You should not be able to just go out and get a gun. I don't think, personally. You know, anybody who's Second Amendment probably thinks that I'm nuts, but I'm just telling you. All right, when I bought my first handgun for home defense, I bought my first handgun. I didn't know what I was doing. I bought a gun. And I bought a box of ammo. <laughs> and the store's like, here you go. Gave me the box, gave me the case. Went out. Tried to figure out how to load it. And figured out, went with some friends, figured out how to shoot it. Figured out how to clean it. But I mean, this is, I mean, that that's how easy it was. And thankfully, I don't have a background. I don't have, I've been privileged enough to make my decisions in a way that didn't require me to end up in court <laughs> often. <laughs> oh man. Yeah. It, it's heartbreaking though. I just, uh, 
wish peace, love, and light. I know prayers are kind of getting old in some of this respects, but you got to send out those vibes to people. You got to let them know that you love them, you care about them. I I would like to say that I would like to see some kind of common sense gun measures come around, but we have a lot of them there. But obviously the FBI, the people that the government, the state that wants to enforce more of these laws, enforce more people under the thumb of government can't even protect the people that there are already laws to protect them with. So what what what's the problem? You know? I think we definitely have to understand that we're not we can't approach these things with emotion and and full active response like reactionary mode we have to look at it and try to figure out where is the system breaking down where is the problem breaking down because if you look and you find it you'll realize there's a lot more to it than we're probably being told if anything memento mori amor fati you know love the people you're with Love the people you know, care for the people that you know, your friends, your friends that are family, your family that are friends. Care for all of those people that are in your circles. Love them. And you know what? If you don't know what meta is, it's a it's a kind of a Buddhist philosophy, but it's it's exactly what I said, but for everyone. So when you wish meta to somebody, you wish meta to your enemies, you wish meta to people you don't know you wish meta to the people you do know so you love the people you don't know just as much as you love the people you you hate and you love the people that are in your life we definitely need more of that right you don't have to go out and support your enemies and rally with your enemies but you need to at least understand that a lot of what they do is because they lack love they lack compassion they lack understanding. And maybe we all need to kind of look inwardly and realize that that's what we need to do with ourselves so that we don't project all that negative pent up animosity outwardly. And we start to realize that, you know, we're all one, at least in that regard. Uh, heavy hearts and uh, I love you all thank you all for taking your time to listen and I'll see you later next week or later this week excuse me take care